Okay. Hello, friends. It's Chapo, Tuesday, May 31st. I hope everyone had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Summer is truly here. Uh, it's Felix's birthday today, so birthday boy is uh, taking the day off to celebrate his, his ascension to godhood. Uh, but it's me, Matt, and Chris on today's show. And, you know, to kick things off this week, I'm, it's, it's a little unfortunate that Felix, our money manager, um, and, and business, uh, you know, a business guru and lifestyle coach isn't here to answer these questions. But I'm kicking off today's show with some some hard truths. Um, basically, like we, we need to do like a status check on our business mindset, because I found out something this weekend that's shaken me to my core and really led to a lot of questions about how we're managing our finances and just our general business mindset for for the show. Um, I'm putting you guys on the spot right now, but like these questions need to be asked and someone has to be held responsible. So here it goes. Gentlemen, can any of you explain to me why we did not get a PPP loan from the government during COVID to keep doing the podcast? Because we are bag fumblers. That's why. <laughs> fucking it's a huge a. bungle. It is a huge bungle on our parts. What a fucking bungle. I just I honestly mean, I, like. I didn't think it would be possible. It's like, well, why would a podcast how could a podcast possibly need fucking uh, payroll supports when it requires no in-person office work of any kind? Uh, it's basically no overhead. Uh, but even if I'd known that they po- podcasters were eligible, I probably foolishly would have thought, well, no, these are loans. We might have to pay them back. <laughs> <laughs> like the fucking Stugats over here thinking that that would possibly happen. This giant slush fund for every fucking boat ownership scumbag and connected uh, fucking small business crook in this country. That fucking PPP level, that is some Brezhnev level shit. That is like, that is just uh, good old fashioned crony capitalism at its finest. Well, what the fuck, man? Like, why don't we have any good cronies here? How, how come no one told me that there were cronies giving out $52,000 in free money to keep doing a podcast during COVID? How did we... How the fuck did we not get $52,000 in free money? I would How like is that to not think they were just giving it. Can we, can we still get it? Can we still apply for I, these loans? I'd like to think that it's because, you know, we, we, we just were, spoke too many truths. <laughs> and we were too hardcore and that all, all the fat cats in Washington uh, are, all hate us. They all have our pictures on their dartboard. Uh, and yeah, I'll just go with that to, to, to dry my tears. The only guy we possibly could have had as a as a connect was Matthew Lesko, and that's our own fault for <laughs> getting in touch with him. Oh, Is he so? We, we should try to get him on the show. I would love to. I would, oh reveal. my god! I would love there, to interview I, Matthew Lesko. Have, that's actually a great heard idea. Multiple stories about people being in coffee shops and restaurants and turning around and seeing him. And yes, he's always wearing the suit. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he has several suits. He's got all, all different colors. He's but there's the, all the, question marks, which is yes. what, he's not the Riddler, though. It's the opposite of the Riddler. He's giving you answers. He's telling you, like, here's this book that gives all the answers to how to get money from the government. It's not how to get money from the government. The suit should be covered in periods because he's just giving statements of all periods. Well, I always, for a while, I just kind of like Mandela affected. No, it's dollar signs. The suit's mm. got dollar signs on it because that just intuitively made sense. He's giving you free money from the government. He should have dollar signs on his suit. But no, it's question marks. <laughs> And apparently, it's a car with question marks. So oh, that's you see so that, cool. That's also him. That's so cool. I'm looking at a photo of Matthew Lesko right now, and yes, indeed, it is all question marks on the suit. Wow. And he's got 
he's got a look of sort of wild anticipation and surprise for all the free money he's about to give you. So here's this. So yeah, uh, riddle me this. How the fuck did the Muller She Wrote podcast get $52,000 in free money and we're sitting here with our dicks in our hands? Well, I mean, the, the, the Muller She Wrote lady is apparently uh, connected to the deep state. That's what I hear. <laughs> Not kidding. Like, she's a, she's a quote-unquote veteran. Her, her like, family is, is like in a Northern Virginia-style family, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I really don't know anything about her, but I have seen everywhere that her biography is listed. It it always has the phrase has worked for high level uh, federal yeah. agencies. It's like something exactly. very specific, but very vague. Yeah, it's like uh, top men, top level position in a federal agency. Yeah. Do not ask any further questions. I believe someone who looked into it, uh, I, I think Alex found out that it was actually just the VA. I think she works for the VA. Oh, this man, is, that's not fun. Yeah, that's not, right. you know, that's not what I was hoping for. Well, but, so even if all you, of her student loans zeroed out too. Yeah, so she had seventy six grand. In, I mean, this all this all came about because she was berating people who were like, "Oh, like why don't you tell the victims of you know uh, the Buffalo and Texas shootings that you're not going to vote for the Democrats because they won't you know they only gave they only gave you ten thousand in student loan relief." She got seventy six thousand dollars in student loan see, relief and fifty two grand in free money to quote make payroll. For her fucking podcast. How is that possible? This is a real inside you, there are two wolves situation because you're in that position. You find yourself running a semi popular podcast based off of something that has become irrelevant four years ago. <laughs> and you find yourself with this slush fund of free money from the government. You can then either be, choose to become Matthew Lesko or shame people on the internet for not voting hard enough, hard enough for the Democrats. It's like, th this is the, uh, the origin story of a hero and a villain. And the hero in this situation would be a Lesko type. The one who wants to bring it to the people. Yes, exactly. People need to know. Yes. Uh, I, I think the thing that really triggered people more even than just the, at this point, bog standard complaining was this absolutely hallucinatory version of the 2000 election when uh, gay people refused to vote because the Democrats weren't fully on board with gay marriage. And that's what led to uh, Bush defeating Gore and nine 11 and nine 11 and, 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 and the war in Iraq. So they were blaming, she blamed the gays on uh, for the Iraq war, which that's, that's impressive. Uh, especially since I'm sorry, I'm an old man. Uh, I have enough vague enough memories to know that there was gayness. Gay marriage was not on the agenda. The whole thing about the 2000 election is that there were no issues. It was like, <laughs> what do we do with social security? Do we put it in, in an epic lockbox or do we uh, do tax cuts? That was the that was the entirety of the 2000 election. The, that that was it was only after that like the the uh, the real culture war exploded. Uh, yeah, 2004 just, was the gay marriage. Election. Yeah, 2004 was the gay marriage election, and just be able to just to, to look backward with perfect delusional clarity and just make any election about whatever specific narrow point you wanted to make. It really does. Remind you why it's uh, talking about politics is so popular for people because it has absolutely no rigor whatsoever. I mean, why are we here? That because of that very fact. Because yeah, I don't know enough about anything. You can say anything, and there's no way you can be proven right or wrong. You're either going to be uh, if people disagree with you. It doesn't matter so long as there is some group of people who uh, they hear it and it hits their ear and it sounds right and it confirms other things that they already believe. And so they're going to decide that you have some insight. 
It's amazing. It's the greatest racket there is. And now you can also get free government money for it. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but that does Boy, show so. we're at the end of the day, we're, we're not, uh, we're not operating at maximum grift capacity. We gotta, we gotta, we could, we could be doing, we could be doing a lot better. I'm just like, uh, I'm just thinking about that $52,000. What yeah, we could imagine with that. what we would spend it on and get, Vintage Sennheiser microphones for everyone, solid state amplifiers. Uh, of course, I would just hoard all this equipment because we all live in different places now. So uh, it would be all uh, and there would be no way that anybody would figure it out how to work it without could, me. I would like to pay. I would, I would like to use the money for one of those billboard trucks, you know, like the, yes. the, the, to, to sort of drive around broadcasting a message. Yeah, like, I mean, think of the good we could have done for the anti-circumcision cause was $52,000 in free money. You get the $50,000 in taxpayer money, and then we get we buy one billboard on the beltway around D.C. that just says, this is your tax money at work, Chapo Trap House. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a giant billboard. Chapo Trap House docks Taylor Lorenz. <laughs> Chapo Trap House docks Libs of TikTok and Taylor Lorenz. This yes. is now the currently the national debt. <laughs> just like just like a, a totally incomprehensible message to anyone. You know, it's like, yes. uh, yeah, it will buy a billboard about libs of TikTok, Taylor Lorenz, a national debt count, debt clock counter, and an anti-circumcision message all in one right on the beltway. Everyone in D.C. has to know about it. Uh, yes. Yeah. We're getting the word out. We could do like a God's plan video type deal. <laughs> or, or turn it into David Buster's cards and then hand out the David Buster's cards. So like yes. it's not even really money. You can't even use it unless you want to go uh play a video game while shit face. <laughs> uh, we like 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 a God's plan music video, but we're just like handing out racks of cash only to like uh already wealthy hipsters in Brooklyn and um Dimes Square. Yes, yeah. Which is why going into going to clandestino and just giving people thousands of dollars and they're like yep. <laughs> They've earned it. Yeah. But whatever, it's free money. Free, free money. money. It's free money. It's free money. Free money from the government. Free money to pay your bills. The ones who know All about right, the well, programs are the ones who get the money. <laughs> I mean, that's that's why she got it. She she was placed in top level organizations. She knew about the programs. How, <laughs> how would we even how would we even have gone up? Like, I mean, there, I, was there wait, just, wait, like, a I, site to go to? I, I knew about I don't the know. PPP program. I just assume like, well, there's no fucking way like they would ever give like me money for this shit. I mean, like I have a job with no overhead and no employees. Like, what the fuck? An end that anyone can do from home. Just, if anything, podcasts are the only business that should have been excluded from the PPP because, like, fucking, like, it's the only business that not only wasn't affected by COVID, but in fact, was our our, our bottom line was greatly increased, was greatly, uh, you know, juiced by everyone having to stay inside and lose their minds at the same time. Next year, the government's going to give out over three hundred fifty billion dollars, and those who know about the programs are the ones who get the money. All right. Well, uh, moving on from our just absolutely boneheaded bungling of of money and uh ignorance of the free programs that the government provides for entrepreneurs uh let's move on to uh just like a little, little bit of a little bit of hot story out of uh out of the state of california um nancy pelosi's husband charged with dui you guys see this folks you heard about this one nancy pelosi like nine thousand years old <laughs> i believe he's 82 jesus fucking christ uh what how, 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 how did he get <laughs> What did he get drunk on? Like a thimble full of Chardonnay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
He's got three ounces of blood running through his veins. It's like Speaker Mr. Nancy, Burns. How Speaker Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> husband was arrested and charged with driving under the influence after being involved in a collision Saturday night, law enforcement officials said. Paul Pelosi, 82, was arrested at 11.44 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and charged with driving under the influence with a blood alcohol content of 0.08% or higher, according to the Napa County Criminal Justice Network's public booking report. Both charges are misdemeanors. Pelosi was attempting to cross SR-29 when his 2021 Porsche was hit by a 2014 Jeep traveling northbound on the road, according to a collision report from the California Highway Patrol, which either doesn't identify the driver as being at fault, doesn't identify either driver as being at fault in the crash. Troopers were called to the scene just before 10.30 p.m., the report said. There were no injuries reported in the crash, and the Jeep's driver was not arrested. Well, Paul Pelosi, he was arrested. He, he was fucked up. Uh, I'm just thinking about my, my, my grandpa made it to about 82. And uh, he uh, died because he fell down going to get the mail. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine him drunk behind the wheel of a Porsche. <laughs> What are they giving these fucking people? I mean, I know the joke is adrenochrome, but like there is something, some sort of demonic serum that is keeping these people spry well beyond when is natural. I was at a uh, memorial or barbecue on Sunday and a a friend of mine just like as he was approaching the barbecue, just beelined it to me with the phone up being like, Chris, I need to tell you something. And it was this news. (laughs) And it it did indeed put a uh, enormous smile on my face. It's just like, the, the yeah the uh, idea that you would be in that position be the husband the eighty two year old husband of the speaker of the house and be like yeah no I'm good I'm good to drive go don't, don't worry about it Uber schmoober yeah okay wait a second the article did say there were no injuries and that the uh, uh, the highway patrol concluded that neither driver was at fault sounds so, like I a mean, maybe, crime yeah maybe he's just very good at drunk driving and he was like he I, might I be one of those ones where he's, he's better got, after he's had a few which is a real yeah. thing yeah he's got, you all the, need the, to the accept Bill, that that's real billy joel syndrome yeah people people i'm sorry if you say that there's no such thing then you're anti-science because we have plenty of data on this but again it's like sort of like at 82 years old should you be whipping a 2021 porsche around california's highway yeah i don't know i don't know but also like if you're paul pelosi just get a driver, you know, like you could get as fucked up as you want, but like, just, I don't know, call a car or just, or just like I said, if you're rich enough, just have a guy drive you everywhere. They're, they're rich enough for that. They can, they can afford a guy who literally drives him one night a week. After oh, but that, yeah. that, they would look out of touch then. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, this, right. He's got to yeah, drive sure. his own Porsche <laughs> <laughs> to his own house with his own four refrigerators filled with uh, Pizzagate ice cream. <laughs> Okay, well, okay, there, there you go. Here's another thing we could have done with that $52,000. I could have hired the transporter to, like, uh, make sure I don't kill anyone getting fucked up uh, trying to drive home. I would, yeah, like, that's what I would do with the money. I would hire Jason Statham to drive me places. <laughs> he was a little overqualified. Uh, 52 grand is probably, like, that's, that's probably not enough money to hire, yeah, hire I don't think Statham. So. That's, that's, all, that's not enough for, like, uh, head wax. Probably spends more than that in the air. Keeping his dome nice and shiny. Uh, uh, well, wonder if you gave him the fifty thousand, but also, uh, you know, said that you were dying of. Well, I guess it would have been PPTP time. So let's just say COVID, and it was yeah, your dying wish. Your dying wish to be transported just once. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that would be funny. Trunk. There's like some eight year old kid with progeria who's like, <laughs> I want Jason Satan to transport me. 
like Bat Kid. Remember that? Yes. Only, and they like hire guys on motorcycles to pretend to chase him and shit. <laughs> By the way, be... that Bat Kid is still alive. <laughs> I think that whole thing was a scam. It was like some. some I think that like... kid's like Tatum O'Neill in the fucking Paper Moon or something, <laughs> and she's on a grip. Because I don't. Because like I'm sorry, you got to be real sick for the entire city. To pretend you're Batman. <laughs> they were like, oh. they were faking charts at the very least. <laughs> to like exaggerate uh, the seriousness because I don't know how the hell that kid's still alive. They're at like yeah, the yeah. Uh, mun- oh. municipal like county meeting the next week and we're, or the next year and they're like, well, we spent so much on the Bat Kid parade that we really can't uh, fix the sewage system this year. And then yeah. one of the counselors <laughs> is like, did that, did that kid die? And they're like, no, he's... Still around, even after we spent the $100,000 on the Bat Parade. Yeah, It'd be Bat funny Kid. if they sent him a bill when he hit 16. <laughs> Bat Kid, he just lost his virginity. He's applying to college. He's loving it. He's still coasting off that Bat cred. He gets laid so much off of being Bat Kid. He's on Tinder. like Just like his profile is like, hey, I was the Bat Kid looking for, yeah. looking for my poison ivy, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, if I were like one of those terminally ill kids, I would be like, my wish is to have um, Jason Statham kill me with a single blow to the chest. Like, that's how I want to die. I just, I just, want, I want, I, I just want that, like, that, that bald, bullet-headed man to just come into my hospital room and be like, all right, listen, you cunt. Listen, you cunt. It's, 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 it's all over. It's all over for you. Mate. Say your prayers, mate. <laughs> say, your, say your prayers, mate. And then just a single, like, Krav Maga, like, knee to the chest or something. <laughs> Definitely go to I mean, Ball I mean, Hall if that's honestly, how you die. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, that's what Krav Maga was designed for. Killing children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, uh, I know what I would have asked. Uh, please, I, I don't know. I know it's, it's, it's fucked up, but I would like to have sex. Before I die, <laughs> I would like to get laid, <laughs> and I would have been like, "I'm sorry, there's no way that's gonna work." It's like, look, guys, I'm not moving. Hey, on. Who's, hey, who's literally dying nothing here? else. I don't give a shit about anything else right now. It's the only thought I've ever had for the last two years. Depending on how old I am, of course. When this is happening, I'm like you know, like feeling that. Can I just get some titties in my face? Can I just can I just motorboat them real quick? Yeah, no, I'm like dying if I, here, all right? If it was before puberty, it would be something really lame, like, oh, I want to meet the bait brewers. Something <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> but if it had been like 12, it's like, nope, get me late, son. That's all I care about. Do you think the uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation has a forum letter or perhaps a specific counselor they have to deploy to respond to those requests? Because you got to imagine that that's a lot of them. It's got, yeah. <laughs> my son wants it just, just to squeeze, just to get squeezed off something. He would like to reenact one of the scenes from uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Just something for him. See, he's and they're like, sick. look, we can get you five minutes with Chris Hemsworth, but we can't. <laughs> we, can't we can't do we can't do the titty. They're like, would you like to lift Thor's hammer? It's like, no, I'm trying to no. get a hand job. I'm, try, I'm trying Chris, to get off here. Can, can Chris Hemsworth suck me off? Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, five minutes I mean, is all I need. I mean, I've, I've never busted before. Uh, well, uh, moving on. Uh, moving on from uh, Pelosi's husband, I gotta say though, uh, have did you guys did you guys see Trump at the NRA convention this weekend? Because he was in 
he was in rare form. Just listed off those names. He was doing yeah. a stellar job pronouncing them. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I know I'm one to talk about pronouncing people's names, but you know, m- most of the names that I butcher on this show weren't the you know uh, child victims of a mass shooting. Yeah. Um. Uh. Maybe Chris just drop, drop a little of that audio in there. It was totally fucking surreal because he's at the NRA convention, and okay, so he's given his big address there. The crowd's loving it, and the like. He does the thing where like he reads off the names of all of the victims of this latest mass shooting in Texas, and they like ring a bell after each name. Rogelio. Torres, Tess, Marie, Mata. Uh, that was surreal enough. But the best part by far is that in, in, a, in a televised address where, like I said, he, he memorializes the names of recently slaughtered children, he exits the stage hyping up the crowd doing his macho man dance. And by the God. macho man dance, I mean the, the jacking off two guys at once dance. You guys know what I'm talking about. He loves it. He, he, he can't he, stop. <laughs> he gets the people going. He's just sucking them off. He's jacking them off. It's just the, the guys, they just, they, they, I, I'll, take, I'll take anyone who comes. Anyone else, I'll take them all on. Oh, and then the, uh, the other thing from the weekend that I, I really like, this is, uh, did you see the Lauren Boebert thing where she was at a Trump rally in Wyoming? Uh, addressing the crowd, and we can drop this audio in here, but like the, uh, this quote by Bobert is just so good. I want to tell you a story about his generosity, about how kind he is, about how welcoming he is. And even not liking germs, President Trump shared a bowl of popcorn with my 14-year-old son. Now listen, Wyoming. I know where he's been. I don't share food with my son. I don't even share food with my son. <laughs> he's disgusting. <laughs> okay, so like there's, a, there's multiple levels to how much I like this quote here. The first being the, the one example of Trump's kindness and generosity that she said, like, you know, the media, the, the fake news media in the back, all the people with cameras. The one example that she can come up with of how extraordinarily kind and generous he is is sharing some popcorn with a 14-year-old boy. Be like, you got a bag of popcorn here? You want some? Okay. <laughs> I, I like to imagine, I'm imagining that it's, uh, you know, it's just the very end of it where it's all the unpopped kernels left in the bottom and he's just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm done with this here. You have it. Just shake out, shake out a few, uh, just some salt and uh, some corn kernels into your mouth. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, But don't give it back to me. I'm too afraid of your germs. And yeah, Lauren Brobert said, she's like, you know, in the, in the, in the full quote, she's like, she's like, I know where my son's been. I don't want him touching my food. Okay, and like this is the second incredible like layer to this amazing onion here. Lauren Boebert is the person famous for making 80 people sick with bloody diarrhea thanks to yeah. her poisoned pork sliders at her like Shooter's Bar and Grill. Shooter's Bar and Grill where the all bang, bang. after a gun. <laughs> no, it's the kind of place that John Taffer would walk into and go, you're making people sick. Literally, yeah. Like you get the you get you get the horrified shots of the fly covered uh, fryers and shit. The the grease trap that hasn't been enter, uh, emptied since the Reagan administration. Yeah, that's for you, pigs. M- my precious mouth would never. Uh, maybe she just subscribes to that like, the like libertarian ideal of child raising, whereas like as long as the door is left unlocked and there's like food around, you don't have to actually provide anything for your children. Yeah, since they're like free to walk away at any moment. I mean, it's like he's it's your son. Like it came out of your body and you're just like, I, I don't want him touching my food. It's like, isn't this sort of like feeding your child is 
like sort one of, of expected, the you know main main <laughs> Im- biological and psychological imperatives of being a parent. Yeah, uh, the the kind of thing where most parents would say that they would uh, you know give your last ounce of food to a chi- your child even if you were starving, Look, no matter how grubby their little hands are. You guys don't understand middle American folkways. Okay, <laughs> this is this is heartland values. Your grubby little kids are disgusting, and you shouldn't touch them. That's how we live. That's how we live out in real America. Well, you know, actually related to this issue, you know, is it gross to feed children? Uh, this is an interesting bit of um, sociological data that you know was also fascinated me this weekend. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you guys saw this. Maybe you uh, wonder what your opinions are on this. I'm speaking, of course, about a phenomenon that I was unaware of, but I am, of, spe- of course, speaking about folks. What's the deal with Swedish people not feeding guests? You, fo- you folks, you folks heard about this one? Apparently, the fucking lid was blown off of. Oh, the the wonderful, nice Nordic model that everyone loves. Oh, it's the nicest country in the world, highest quality of life. Uh, you know, every, every, everyone's well taken care of and happy. Well, no, not everyone is well taken care of and happy because apparently in Swedish culture, if you go over to your friend's house to like hang out and then their family has dinner, uh, you will be made to stay in, the, in, in your friend's room while the family eats dinner without you. And and if you and if you like take anything up from their refrigerator, like if you have a glass of milk or something, they go apeshit because they're like, uh, you know, uh, they're like they're like that, that that milk was for that milk was for the, the breakfast. You, you, <laughs> we have we have budgeted all the milk. Oh no, gone. So I, I wasn't able to fo- follow this uh, that closely. Was it just like do they not invite people over for like does the idea of a dinner party not exist in Sweden? Do they not ever invite people over for the specific means of eating food with it's, them? Or and from what I understand, it, it's not unheard of. It's just it's less of a of a trope, a cultural trope. Sort of understood that you take care of yourself when it comes to providing food for your face. And what do and, they do with all the? Family. What do they do with all the meatballs? It's the perfect food for sharing. Well, I mean, little probably like, Swedish meatballs and the little gravy. Come on. Well, probably because it's like it's it's like they don't like sharing, but also that they're very like extremely like uh, anal about food portions and like meal planning and stuff. So they don't they don't want any leftovers, you know. And they're like they're like they're like uh, you know uh, some 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 grubby kid coming over and expecting snacks or whatever uh, throws off their whole fucking. Their whole week that they've meticulously planned out, but yeah, like this is a real, uh, yeah, like this is a real schism. I mean, like the, 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 this prompted like a, a, a real backlash from, shall we say, Southern Europe. You know, <laughs> who looks at this? It's like you know, you go to a, you go to an Italian household, and like let's say you're not hungry, brother. You are, oh you boy, you're down you're, and you're, waterboarded yeah. with tomato sauce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you cannot not eat. If you get like, you know, and like, and they're looking at these fucking Swedish people, they're animale, they're animale, they're just <laughs> not feeding people who come to your house. Not, these are like sort of like the, you know, Southern Europe, like the fucking, the, the Odyssey. That whole fucking book is just about how to treat guests properly <laughs> and all the terrible things that happen to you if you don't feed your guests or, you know, uh, uh, don't observe the rules of hospitality. Yeah, but it depends on. It's cultural, you know, values and, and the way that you respond to things. I mean, you say, hey, you know, when, why wouldn't you want to treat your guests nicely and give them a meal? But what if getting a free meal makes you feel obligated and makes you feel awkward to be around someone because you ate their food? And wouldn't you then prefer it much if they did not provide you uh, with that kind of awkward moment by trying to make them insist that you enter their debt in some cosmic ledger? 
And that's that's down to that's down to, you know, cultural values. Like thinking back to like, you know, like my childhood or like, you know, you go, you go to your friend's house for like a, you know, like a play date or whatever. Honestly, like I would have liked the option to have just sort of like adjourned from eating dinner with their family because like, you know, I don't, I don't know what kind of food they're into, you know, like. A lot of kids are picky eaters, you know. I just be like, "Hey, can I just play a video game?" Just like in the bedroom while you while you just let me talk just, to your family. Let me like, just what, grind through not... a few more levels of Goldeneye while you guys eat. I'll be here when you're back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, because like that could be considered rude too if you you know like uh, decline to have. I mean, shit. What if your friend's parents are like really shitty cooks, or they like in, are into health food or something like that? What are you gonna do now? Could there be part of this where perhaps you could make the argument that the uh, the these Nordics with their robust social welfare state where, uh, you know, the society in general, uh, you know, cares and provides uh, through the government to its uh, citizens, thus would not need to build a uh, robust, uh, you know, feeling of, of, of civic yeah, guest, responsibility. Guest yeah, culture. Guest, guest culture, because, you, you know, you don't need your neighbor to be helping out with you, whereas in, you know, the places where that, that um, welfare is not as robust then you know it's kind of you have to lean on your neighbor to you know charity is is basically used to fill in the the blanks where you know the the social uh situation is not providing as much you know it is it's the paradox of egalitarianism because if you have these institutions that are providing these uh you know abstracted away uh mutual aid benefits then it kind of undermines the uh uh, you're, you know, the, the, the bonds of, of citizens that are outside of that, the, you know, of, of, mm-hmm. of neighbors and friends and such. Well, you know, I'll, I'll <clears throat> we'll keep that in mind next time we're in Sweden. You know, I'm bringing, I'm bringing all my own snacks to that country. Because, <laughs> you know, they're just like, they're, it's a, they're, it's they're, a very, I was in Stockholm once and I was in a very small restaurant and it was absolutely packed. And I was like, okay, you know, the kind of place where if you went to any city in America, it would just be incredibly loud. Like you'd all be yelling to be heard. And go in there, and even though this place is absolutely packed, you had to speak at like below regular volume or else you felt like you were being obnoxious. Table next to us was like these absolutely round, ham-faced white dudes just pounding wine, and they were like fucking whispering. (laughs) Swedes are freaks. It's just a fact. Being up there all alone, no sun, or too much sun. Barely any crops, freezing colds. It does something to you. It makes it makes you strange. Uh, well, okay. I'm moving on from uh, like from one bizarre uh, cultural uh, weirdness and phenomenon that we're unfamiliar with. I just wanted to check in. Uh, I know we haven't talked about jolly old England in a while, but oh I, god, <laughs> I saw oh, that. No. <laughs> I saw this story in the Daily Mail, and I wanted to share it with you guys. This is a Daily Mail exclusive. Was Prince William's horse drugged at, at the trooping the color rehearsals? Military veterans claim the Royal Household Division Charger seemed to have been doped to make it more docile, branding it a disgrace. Prince it's William, a bloody shambles. <laughs> Prince William rode a Household Division Charger named George during, the rehe- during rehearsal of the Queen's Birthday Parade. One unnamed veteran claimed... William's horse looked drugged. Its head is on the floor. It's a disgrace. The rehearsal. Head, head drooping everywhere. It's, it's very disrespectful. The horse the rehearsal, is very disrespectful. The rehearsal, Colonel's Review, is near full run-through of Trooping the Color, which takes place on June 2nd. 
Her Majesty usually attends and takes the salute, but this year Charles, William, and Anne will fulfill her duties. So I was like going down here to see like some, some I need some video and photo evidence of this. And here's the thing, I'm looking at it, and uh, Prince William's chorus, I gotta say, that head is drooping as fuck. It, it looks like it's nodding off, man. Like they just it's <laughs> off that gas. They, they gave it a they gave it a Percocet the size of like a soap bar. It's <laughs> 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 just like <laughs> So I just like, you know, just a, a charming bit of glorious, glorious Britannia. It's a bloody disgrace. Prince William's horse was drugged. Uh, but I mean, like, so okay, but wait, okay. But here's my question, though. If the horse hadn't been drugged and then just acted a damn fool, wouldn't that also be a bloody disgrace? It's the Queen's Diamond Jubilee. Uh, it's so funny the things that they come up with as being uh, disgraceful over there when you think that it's in the context of a massive military parade for their ancient hereditary monarch that is somehow <laughs> still part of their society. Uh, but no, it's the it's the droopy horse that's the disgraceful part of this whole proceeding. <laughs> that, and that's also, the other week of uh of I forget I forget which royal I can't keep them track of sitting on his gold the golden throne saying uh yeah we're actually going to need to do more austerity. That was Prince Charles. That was Prince Charles, right? That was the king, the queen's speech that he gave on behalf of the queen, who's alive. Who's definitely (laughs) alive. alive. They're wheeling her out for the the, what the what platinum jubilee? Oh, right, seventy-five years is diamond, right? Good lord, or no, seventy? It's old as hell. It's unnatural. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, isn't she now like the longest reigning monarch in history? I think there's like uh, some a- there's an African guy who's like I was looking this up few years too, longer, yeah. but she's up there. She's like in the top two or three. Uh, which you know, gotta say, in terms of the, all the monarchs in history, that's a that is a pretty incredible stat. But here's my pitch: they should just keep her in seclusion forever, never do another public ap- uh, uh, appearance with her, but just keep saying, "Yeah, no, 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 she's alive. She's still reigning. She's still reigning," and let everyone else in the family slowly die out. And then just let her slowly ascend over hundreds of years as they keep up the fiction that she's alive to some kind of mythical god status. And then just eliminate the monarchy and be like, no, Queen Elizabeth still reigns over all. This is like 100 years from now. She still yeah, reigns yeah. over us. Uh, we, we still all, all hail Queen Elizabeth. But, but you know, we don't need to see her again. And everybody else just slowly fades in the background. That's how they slowly off-ramp the monarchy over there. Yeah. It's uh, the BBC's um, like metaverse hollow stream. Yeah, like, exactly. Everybody, everybody. It's the Queen's 175th birthday today. Everybody celebrate her. We love her. She's the Queen. She's waving She's so- at you. Look at her from behind <laughs> the screen. <laughs> She's in the metaverse now. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then you know, like again, as long as you're talking about England and the Queen, I know you must have seen, you know, probably, probably the coolest, you know, uh, little little celebration of the queen's diamond jubilee is that they projected images of her onto the stone slabs that make up stonehenge i mean come on like uh. th- you cannot tell me these people aren't doing black magic they're they're, <laughs> they're doing halloween three shit right here and it was just i i saw i saw the picture of it and i was like this is photoshopped right no no they like it was like they projected images of of queen elizabeth all, all different, you know, photos of her from throughout her glorious seventy-year reign on the giant slabs of Stonehenge. Which, like, you know, Stonehenge. Do we know what it's for? Maybe, maybe not. But if you're telling me that wasn't used for human sacrifice, I mean, like, I'm just, I'm giving you the old side eye. Uh, I'm, I'm much more of a like a, a Stargate 
thing. That's that's kind of where I, what I imagine uh, the Stonehenge for. But I, I find that very disrespectful for the to the Paleolithic peoples of England who had nothing to do with this this monarchy. Yeah, they were a bunch of uh, like what druid ass Celt motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Not the not these square headed German fucking crowd asses. Goddamn Saxe Guthas. <laughs> Just. Happy birthday to the queen. Or no, it's not her birthday. It's it's, it's her ascension. It's, it's her, her ascension, ascension to, yeah, to, to God, God day. Yes, 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 absolutely. I think they could keep her alive forever, honestly. If if they really committed to it, like the resources of Empire, I think they could keep her for, to God forever because the human body has that capacity. Have you ever seen the video of that like 109-year-old monk who's like a living mummy? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you could just, if you, you know, are a, an enlightened being, you can just keep your body just going almost indefinitely. And she doesn't have that, but what she does have is all of the lizard-powered technology that her demonic family has uh, piled up over the centuries. <laughs> also, they can use this. it. The, it's yes. like the dark magic or light magic. Either way, you can keep that fucking thing going on to miraculous lengths, like the fucking uh, the, the Hanukkah uh, candles. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, they, they, okay. Okay, so, like, uh, the British monarchy can use the dark magics of Stonehenge to keep Queen Elizabeth alive indefinitely, but they can't do shit about Prince William's hairline. <laughs> come on, until you know point. there's no it's, cure. Come on, there's, yeah, there's like no, him yeah. and Bezos and Musk, yeah, yeah. like the fact that they're either like letting it go or uh, just picking it completely. By the way, that would be very funny if Prince William decided to go Bezos, shave mm-hmm. the whole thing off, and become like one of those bullet head British guys we're talking about. Like, oi, <laughs> oi, I'm, I'm the bloody, I'm the prince. On the, on the Prince of England, mate. Gunas. Um, and then just one more, one more brief uh, thing from England. Um, I saw again, like uh, this is recently, the British press were in a tizzy because apparently uh, fans of a Liverpool soccer club uh, have a new chant that they debuted at one of the games. The chant being "Philip's dead, the Queen's senile, Andrew is a pedophile." And they're like, there you go, once again. A bloody disgrace. It's the Queen's Diamond Jubilee. You've got fucking heads drooping, hair receding. What did we do Brexit for (laughs) if we're going to end up like this? This is what Brexit was supposed to stop. And yet here it is happening anyway. It's it's a bloody shambles. It's a disgrace. Tears in my eyes. (laughs) But not because this is a master class. Horses are one of those. (laughs) Horses are smacked out of their minds at the trooping of the color. Fuck it. I just, you know, uh, uh, oh. Sinn Fein on the march in. in oh, oh, my yeah. God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They just, took, they just uh, took power in Northern Ireland. They've, for the first time, there's a poll that has them above the combined uh, totals of Fianna Fáil and Finn Gale in the Republic. It's not impossible to imagine in a couple of years a Sinn Fein governments in both sides of the border in Ireland. And at that point, happens. I don't know how you don't get some sort of significant. What'd you uh, say? Union push. A, a couple of years, that would be 2024, which would make Star Trek The Next Generation's data's uh, data <laughs> saying in Star Trek The Next Generation to Patton Picard about the uses of political violence to achieve yep. uh, you know, the democratic <laughs> goals. He says, what about the Irish unification of 2024? Yep. It, it we could are, happen. Honestly, it we're could, kind of could, on track here. Yeah, we really yes. are. Uh, data, uh, exactly. They, 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 they were on the mind beam writing that episode. Of course, the funny thing is, is that once it happens, the English are going to go, okay, thank Christ. That's what a relief. We never even <laughs> wanted these fuckers in the first place. 
Now they're your problem. Good luck, Ireland, dealing with these fucking psychotic hillbillies that we have <laughs> in our housing estates of Northern Ireland. Have fun with them. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, in England, the trooping of the color, the colors, the color has been very trooped. It's they drooped it's, it. They drooped. How it. are you going <laughs> to droop the color? <laughs> that that horse George though was immediately killed. Oh good. <laughs> yeah. And again, like there's only one horse William can ride. That's all they do in that fucking country is just watch horses, horses fuck. Yep. In addition, in addition to the horse, the the royal horse tender who presented William with a drooping horse was also uh, executed by one of the beef eaters at the Tower Guard yep. later that day. <laughs> just <laughs> ran through did. with the halberd. <laughs> halberd yeah. they, they chopped his head off with a halberd at the Tower of London. <laughs> Throw him in the Thames. <laughs> well, to Tyburn. Uh, <laughs> well, going from uh, one um, a desiccated and decaying monarchy to uh, the desiccated and decaying presidency of Joe Biden <laughs> and, and his brain and his brain as well is also drooping quite seriously. Uh, this is just uh, as we're running out today, Sean. This is a, a big, big story on NBC News inside a Biden White House adrift. Amid a rolling series of calamities and sinking approval ratings, the president's feeling lately that he just can't catch a break. And Come on, angst, man! An <laughs> angst is rippling through his party. The, thing, that, the thing about all of this is that they told you exactly what was going to happen. Yep, they called their shot. They said, we're going to do this. They even had the fucking slogan ready. The real slogan of the 2020 uh, Biden campaign Whatever the, I don't even remember what bullshit they actually went with formally. It was, come on, man. <laughs> and that's that's it. That's just like, give me a break. What do you want from me? That's the entire thing. That's always what it was. Yeah, exactly. Come on, man. Is just like the, It's the way he says it. It's the intonation and the, the import behind it. it is the slogan for our the times we're living in right now. It's what yeah. we all feel. Like just, we've done, we, have, we, we have pressed the same. We only have one button to press is the Democratic Party. Uh, we pressed it. We keep pressing it. We got what we wanted, uh, which is to take power from Republicans after they fuck up too much, which is our only way of taking power. <laughs> We've done it, but now it's at a terminal point where they fucked up that the near-term stability of the system itself is now coming under stress, and they have nothing else to do. So at this point, you just got to throw your hands up. You just got to shrug because it's like this was the only possible thing. That other stuff you crazy people wanted to imagine, that was impossible. If this doesn't work, it's not because we fucked up. It's because nothing would have. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. So there are there are, there are four uh, names on the byline for this story. Um, but it begins here. Faced with a worsening political predicament, President Joe Biden is pressing aides for a more compelling message and a sharper strategy <laughs> while bristling at how they've tried to stifle the plain speaking persona that has long been one of his most potent assets. <laughs> they're, st they're stifling him. They're silencing him. They're deplatforming him. They're deplatforming Brandon. <laughs> they're deplatforming Brandon. <laughs> This is, the he's the president of Brandon. That's what they should have called this article. <laughs> Biden is rattled by his sinking approval ratings and is looking to regain voters' confidence that he can provide the sure-handed leadership he promised during the campaign. People close to the president say, "Hey, you know, he also promised a bunch of other shit during the campaign. What's the deal with that?" He promised all sorts of shit during the ca campaign. I mean, it's it's become a thing where people just dig up like his tweets yeah. from 2020, where he's like, "Yeah, when I'm president, we're going to ban all assault rifles. I'm going to do <laughs> it personally." I just love the idea that we're supposed to take it seriously, that he is personally yeah. engaged on any of these issues. 
<laughs> like he's here not like sir the the, the inflation uh is 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 real bad and he's, he just like snaps back to 1978 it's like well what if we promise to uh amnesty all draft dodgers <laughs> will that help us with the hippies <laughs> well long hairs will vote for us if we do that yes sir look he should he should go ahead and do that uh just I, amnesty like now I, say amnesty uh the, the current draft dodgers uh, just to confuse people, do a little. You mean the freaking Republicans? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, when it comes to acid amnesty and abortion, I think all three should be safe, legal, but rare. <laughs> um, okay, so crises have piled up in ways that have at times made Biden, the Biden White House look flat-footed. Record inflation, high gas prices, a rise in COVID case numbers, and now a Texas school massacre that is one more horrific reminder that he has been unable to get Congress to pass legislation to curb gun violence. Democratic leaders are at a loss about how he can revive his prospects by November, when midterm elections may cost his party control of Congress. I don't know what's required here, said Representative James Clyburn of South Carolina, whose endorsement in the 2020 primaries helped rescue Biden's struggling candidacy. But I do know the poll numbers have been stuck where they are for far too long. Congratulations, asshole. Yes. I mean, what the, talk about getting what you wanted. Oh, yeah, just fucking like, the, the idea that he would just be like, oh, I'm concerned about this now. Motherfucker, like, it's on you. It's on you. You're concerned. You do something about it. He's your guy. They, they, he intervened to ensure that the party stayed in the hands of people who were operating on the same glad handing principles that constrained them from doing anything effectively that had run the party into the ground at that point. And uh, yeah, this is, you just got what you wanted. Congratulations. I mean, yeah, once like again, they, they were all hoping that just, that just like, because it's another chance, something is going to change. Like Biden kept saying that hilarious stuff about how the Republicans are all going to have an epiphany. They're He's still realize, saying that. He was no. still saying that they, the, about gun control. Oh, right, the yeah. other, uh, like, other day, they're rational. Saying, yeah, they're gonna, they're, yeah, they're yeah. Gonna, yeah they'll, they'll come to their senses after. Yeah, they'll like come this. to their it was senses. Like last which, week, and it's like I, I honestly think that he's senate brained enough and senile enough to believe that. But I don't even think that your average MSNBC psycho believed that. But I think what they had to believe in is that when you get in there in game time conditions, you'll figure something out. You know, you'll drop a play. Mm -hmm. Statue of Liberty, Hail Mary, West Wing Calling style. And you're gonna you're gonna get a button hook through the end zone. It's so, you know that's the dream. Like okay, we're gonna do some, we're gonna play hardball, uh, and then it, it all fell apart, and there was nothing there because the margins were non-existent uh, with the Republican Party right there in total opposition. Like those are the game time conditions that make the sort of Clintonian politics that they are all practicing impossible. They cannot do what they used to be able to do. <laughs> and Matt, you're totally right that the uh, like the MSNBC brain people, like when, when responding to that like Biden quote, where he called uh, Mitch McConnell rational on gun control. Of course, they didn't believe it, but they defended it on the grounds like, look, you know, in politics, like you can't insult your opponents. Yeah, you know, he's, <laughs> like his opposition he, is up to yeah, his yeah, feelings. Yes, yes, he yes. People talk about how Mitch McConnell is like this uh, uh, tactical genius. He he could be. He literally could be a fucking tortoise. He could be a tortoise who had an office, and all he had to do, like Homer Simpson, when he was like working from home, is tap the button that says no instead of yes. Vent explosive gases. No, <laughs> that's all you have to do because he has a unified caucus and control of this fucking machinery, hey, and they have. A clear objective. Don't let Republic Democrats do anything. As long as Mitch gets like one or two leaves of iceberg wet lettuce to gnaw on every day, just sort of 
Just, just swallow that. But you, he's fine. You, can't, you cannot triangulate that. Nope. And the entire premise of, of Clintonian po- uh, dem- democratic politics that filled the gap uh, left by the collapse of, you know, the, the old New Deal coalition and, and, and labor politics uh, was through the, these through these uh, baby splitting triangulative uh, negotiations. And they got to all feel like pragmatic geniuses for uh, figuring out how to make this machine work. And they all got praised as gods by uh, Aaron Sorkin types. And, you know, you can make an argument that given the conditions at the time where the electorate was, they were doing what the Democrats had to do to hold power. But the thing is, they're still clinging to those uh, strategies when the conditions have changed. And made it impossible for them to work. So no matter how less senile the other Democrats are, who like might not agree with Biden's fantasy of like that Republicans switching around, they're also still captured by just as deep a delusion about the conditions that we live on and well, about how politics works. Well, okay, like that, that's one strategy. But like, let me know what are some new strategies? <laughs> uh, a West Wing shakeup. Speculation is churning that Biden could shake up the West Wing staff, although that's not about to happen right away. Multiple people people close to the White House said that they've heard the chief of staff, Ron Klain, will depart at some point after the midterms. Okay, so that point is not really a shakeup. The midterms are already over. I mean, they like this thing, like unspoken in all this is they're like, which you don't want to change. You don't don't want to uh, rearrange deck chairs in mid sink. (laughs) <laughs> wait, yeah, wait until it, it hits the bottom and then you can re- it's all stabilized and you can rearrange yeah. the deck chairs to your heart's content yeah. we're sending James Cameron down to fix the yeah. Democratic Party and when was- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah like you know like the articles are like you know which could see his party lose control of Congress in the midterms like does anyone believe like they all accept they, like there's no way everyone knows that, that. everybody knows that it is a there is nothing Nothing that could happen that's going to stop the Republicans from every one of these articles that is now going to come out between now and Election Day and has all have already been coming out for months. These are all people setting up their alibis with the media. (laughs) That's it. Where was I and and what was I doing when this thing that I know is going to happen happened? So I can't be held responsible. All right. I mean, like this is just some speculation on how like, you know, who, who could who could come in, you know, blah, blah, blah. He goes, sorry, and any assessment of Biden's performance needs to take into account the epic challenges he faced from the start. They Epic. came in with the most daunting set of <laughs> challenges. They came in with the most daunting set of challenges, arguably since Franklin D. Roosevelt, only then to be hit by a perfect storm of crises from Ukraine to inflation to the supply chain to baby formula, said Chris Whipple, the author of the book about White House chiefs of staff, who is now writing a book about the Biden presidency. What's next? <laughs> Locusts? Well, Biden I mean, wonders you, the same thing. Ukraine is one that's like, I'm sorry, this is another deal where you got what you asked for. The, US, the Biden administration's uh, diplomatic position uh, on Ukraine and the, the, the conditions they imposed on Zelensky were basically guaranteed to provoke an invasion. So that's one where you got to go, I'm sorry. Once again, you got what you ordered perfectly as, as you wanted it on the fucking menu. What do you want? Stop complaining. You're supposed, congratulations, you got your war in Ukraine. It's, it's a propaganda machine. You get to dump all this uh, money into the defense. Now what are you going to do? Uh, just complain yeah. about it? Just going to bitch yeah. about the thing I got. No, no. Like this is I mean, like this is their actual their big W because, you know, they pulled out of Afghanistan. But like, oh, where does that three trillion dollars in defense spend? Like, you know, yeah. defense contractors. Oh, well, Ukraine war. Just give yeah. javelin missiles to Nazi Al Qaeda for the next 30 yep. years. That no problem good. there. Awesome. Solve that problem. Fix. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. the, all these things are happening separately. There's no connection. It's a bunch of it's little hives of bureaucrats pursuing the, their bureaucratic objectives, which 
largely are, you know, in one direction, but have politically are totally in conflict. And they have nobody at the top who can coordinate them because there's no disciplinary mechanism to actually impose anything like an agenda on Democrats under any definition of that term. Uh, under that, under the subhead managerial breakdowns, it says here amid <laughs> a rolling managerial <laughs> breakdowns, <laughs> amid a rolling series of calamities. Oh. Biden's feeling lately is that he just can't catch a break. Biden is frustrated. If it's not Come one on, thing, man. it's another. Said the person. Said a person close to the president. An assumption. You're the president in- <laughs> of the United States of America. At what point do you think that this job is not going to be one damn thing than another? You don't I, have I don't to be crazy to work here, but it helps. Yeah. <laughs> Remember uh, when uh, Lincoln Chafee ran for president as a Democrat? And yeah, yeah. He'd been a Republican. He'd been a liberal Republican, the last real liberal Republican in the Senate. And But he had some votes that were, you know, uh, pro-conservative. Uh, and he gets up there and they go, why did you vote for this? And he goes, you know, you got to understand, my dad had just died. <laughs> <laughs> I just got appointed to a Senate seat. I was, I was, I was sad. Like Biden should be like, look, you got to get it, Matt. My, 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 my old man, he pet, pet, he kicked the bucket in 1962. <laughs> I, can, I still remember it like it yesterday. <laughs> well, he could, he could take out the bow thing again. You know, it's like the, the burn pits killed him, man. Yeah, man, burn pits. Uh, he should get in touch with the Make a Wish Foundation and wish for some better me- messaging options. <laughs> Because uh, I says an assumption baked into Biden's candidacy was that he would preside over a smoothly running administration by dint of his decades of experience in public office. Mm-hmm. Yet there are signs of managerial breakdowns that have angered no. both him and his party. Biden is annoyed that he wasn't alerted sooner about the baby formula shortage. OK, that's a lie. He, Biden is mad that he wasn't alerted sooner about baby formula, period. <laughs> Yeah. I don't. I don't. He was just like I thought. I thought it came from the from from the from the titties. You know they, what? They can make that. They can make that with science now. Since when? Uh, he goes. Um, uh, uh, and that he got his first briefing in the past month, even though the crisis had long been in the making. His nominee to the head of the Food and Drug Administration, Dr. Robert Califf, told Congress last week that the agency was sluggish and that it had made suboptimal decisions as parents hunted for formula on empty store shelves. Beyond policy, Biden is unhappy about a pattern that has developed inside the West Wing. He makes a clear, succinct statement only to have aides rush to explain that he actually meant something else. The so-called cleanup campaign, he has told his advisors, undermines him and smothers the authenticity that has fueled his rise. Worse, it feeds a Republican talking point that he's not fully in command. No. The, the issue came to a head when Biden ad-libbed during a speech in Poland that Russian President Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power. Within minutes, Biden's aides tried to walk back his comments, saying he hadn't called for Putin's removal and that U.S. policy was unchanged. Biden was furious that his remarks were being, se- being seen as unreliable, arguing that he speaks genuinely and reminding his staff that he's the one who's president. I mean, this is a situation where I have to, you've got to sympathize with the staff here. Yeah, like yeah. His, the argument here <laughs> I is mean, that Biden should be able to more loosely threaten World War III. <laughs> That's the key to his fucking popularity. Yeah. I guess if the nukes start flying, you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, turnout formula in Waukesha County. <laughs> uh, look, the, the staff just needs to get out there and say, the thing about Biden is you got to take him seriously, not literally. <laughs> Uh, the next subhead is Democrats unnerved. 
Biden's angst is ripping through the party. Democratic lawmakers are sparring among themselves and blaming the White House for their dim prospects in November. Representative Stephanie Murphy, a Democrat of Florida, said the White House has failed to put forward what she called an intellectually honest plan to combat inflation. If I sound frustrated, it's because I hear from my constituents, Murphy said. They're struggling. This is not a time for political games. It is not a time for finding boogeymen. And then uh, under Biden's frustrations, it says here, Biden has vented to aides about not getting credit from Americans or the news media for actions he believes have helped the country, particularly on the economy. Unemployment rates have dropped to below 4% pre-pandemic levels, but polling indicates that Americans believe the economy is in bad shape. Biden grouses that Republicans aren't getting their share of the blame for legislative gridlock in Congress while he's repeatedly faulted for not getting his agenda passed. He's the president. The president. <laughs> he's, he's the decider. I mean, I'm just he's he's complaining that this the same kind of uh, like loose uh, attention that people mostly pay to politics that makes them kind of casually associate the president in power with whatever is happening, you know, and you can say that's unfair. Uh, and that's what he's complaining about. But it's that same attitude towards politics that lets a fucking guy like Joe Biden end up president in the first place. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, once again, these are the politics that have allowed you to flim flam your way into the fucking White House on some fucking uh, fake Irish bullshit. Some fucking glad handing uh, fucking VFW uh, song and dance. And part of that is that these people think the president's in charge. Well, now you're in charge of that. What are you going to do about it? Quit fucking whining. Again, shut the fuck up. And like uh, like this kind of frustration, Matt, that you're talking about, like I, I see this from like uh, sort of Democrat MSNBC brain people when 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 people like, you know, like whether it's Texas or like guns or like baby formula, when people are just like angrily just say, like, do something like do something like this is what we elected you for. The, the stock response I'm seeing a lot of now is it's a shame America stopped educating kids in civics because if everyone took <laughs> civics classes, they would understand that the president really can't do anything. And if you were educated, you, 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 you would know that you would stop complaining. Uh, just sorry, going on here in the article, it says here, the president has also told aides he doesn't think enough Democrats go on television to defend him. I'm sorry. Like this is Donald Trump shit. This is Trump brand. I'm not seeing it on the TV. <laughs> They're being very unfair to me. He goes, a particular sore spot is his slumping poll numbers. He's mystified that his approval rating has dropped to a level approaching that of his president, predecessor, Donald Trump, ranked by historians as one of the worst presidents in history. He's now lower than Trump, and he's really twisted about it, another person you, close to the White House said. Oh, got, man. Look, I feel like like in, in, in any uh, you know, team sport, you, when you're paying attention to the stats and the Hall of Fame and everything like that, you're taking your eyes off the game, you know? Honestly, this yeah. is glory boy yeah. behavior. This yeah. is... This is not lunch pail nine to five president. It, and from Joe Biden, it is not told it's a lunch it's, it's pail president. It's supposed to be about the W's. It's supposed yeah, to be about yeah. the rings, not about individual statistics. Yeah. I mean, like, like J- Jimmy Butler, 45 points in game six. Where the, where was he in game seven? Celtics in the finals. Now, there you go. That, that this is a diva style presidency. <laughs> Wait, sorry, this is really good. A few weeks ago, Biden started employing a midterm election tactic that has been a go-to for sitting presidents. Villainize the opposition. He has sought to tether Republicans to Trump's Make America Great Again agenda. But oh, Biden so has funny. been leaning on... <laughs> yes, Biden has been leaning on White House aides to come up with a message that captures the stark choice voters face. Biden himself thought up the phrase ultra MAGA, which he and other Democrats have started using in Genius. hope of drawing how a we, clear how, is, what, how are they letting this guy 
<laughs> Wither away in the White House. Why aren't they putting them front and center every day with this messaging? Michelob Ultra, Ultra Mega. It's like, wait a second, like, how, like, like, how do you have to do work to tie the Republicans to Trump's agenda? They literally, they say, everyone who's running for office yeah. right now as a Republican is just literally saying, I'm ultra MAGA. And they've just found there's the limit to how much people care about yeah. that once you get to a sufficient level of polarization in the electorate. Yeah. They're going to vote for Republicans no matter what. They no longer care about uh, your notions of, like, political decency. The, the people who do is this very small and shrinking cadre. Uh, and when... <laughs> The economy and shit is bad. The party in power gets fucking owned for it. Yep. And that means the that people are not going to, they don't, they don't have the, the, like, it's only really Democrats who have that uh, and partisan ones who are never going to vote for Republican anyway. And you can always depend on, and therefore basically meaningless when you're talking about actually like building power, you assume them like they have these ideas connecting Trump and uh, to the notion of evil and horror, mm -hmm. and the Republicans imagining like representing his return. That's just Democrats. And you can't win, certainly can't win fucking midterms with that. It says the phrase tested well in polling reviewed by the White House. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is like death of Stalin shit. Yeah. Where they're just like, yeah, like, yes, sir, we've tested the ultra mega. Like, the, the, people, the people very much like the this people idea. Are, the people are weeping about ultra mega. They're begging for your help to save them from ultra mega. And it says, uh, the, but, the see, Biden should just do like Trump stories where he's like, I was I was talking to a guy the other day, a, a real Mac, and he, I said, he's Republican, they're ultra MAGA, and he, strong guy, biggest guy I've ever seen, started weeping in front of me and said, Sir Joe, please protect us from the ultra MAGA. We're gonna, folks, we're gonna get, uh, we're gonna get Gamera. He's gonna defeat the ultra MAGA. He is friends to all children. <laughs> Gamera will bring many baby baby formulas. No, I think the, last, I, the way that the Biden administration ends with like the way he's just totally morphing into Trump when in power, just this impotent, senile man baby just banging a spoon on a fucking uh, high chair <laughs> uh, is one day he comes out for like his, his uh, uh, State of the Union. And it's like the end of uh, 1984. He's got the full Trump hairdo. Like, <laughs> he's replaced his awful fucking plugs with the complete mane. And he looks identical and he's bronze. He's like fucking <laughs> Cheeto colored. And it's just like, that is it. That's, that is the apotheosis of uh, the American yeah. presidency. And then right at, right at that moment, the nukes fly. <laughs> and we all get to go out on a nice high note. Listening like, to Macho okay, Man. This might be terrifying, <laughs> but this is narratively satisfying. I will accept Not this. I'm going to do the, the jacking off to you guys. It's macho, macho man. As I see lower Manhattan just turn into an orb of sunlight, of just the sun. Like Akira. Macho, macho man. I want to do the little hands. I'm just jacking off, guys. I'm sucking them off. I'll just do it at a time. I love it. Uh, just trying to finish out this paragraph. It says here, uh, the, 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 fra the phrase tested well in polling reviewed by the White House, but it also had the unintended effect of firing up the Trump faithful. Oh, no! <laughs> Merchandisers have found a hot market for ultra MAGA t-shirts. He shares with like you these that these things are like tied to each other, and it's like a dialectical relationship. And you can't advantage, you can't pump up one without pumping up the other one. He shares the view that we haven't landed on a winning midterm message at third person close to the White House set of the president. And he's putting a lot of pressure on people to figure out what that is. <laughs> See, I, I, okay. I think you fix the things, people. Get back to me. Now, this is, this is leadership. This is delegation of power and responsibility. Fix the things, please. 
See, I love the word messaging, which is in the first like sentence of this article. Whenever I like dip into, yeah, like MSNBC or like check in on the the pod save guys, all they're talking, it's never about wonder if we did something, wonder if we had an accomplishment, wonder if we changed the the, the the material conditions. No, it's messaging. The messaging is never good enough. We're never conveying to the people how good things already are. Yeah, we are. People who are smart and pay attention to the damn news know that things are actually really good. Uh, the smart thing, down, yeah. The, the, the smart, the, the smart knowledge, the real like truth beyond the veil is that things are objectively doing well, and that the administration is objectively doing well. But we have all of these foolish blinders that we uh, w- won't let us see it, and it's and, up to us, the, okay. the geniuses, the mentats of the Democratic Party, to somehow fool these idiots into finally seeing the reality that's in front of them. And it, and it can kind of go into really ghoulish places. Like, you know, after the, 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 the row memo leaked, you know, I, I was seeing some people in those quarters being like, you know, obviously this is terrible, atrocious for uh, women's rights, but the messaging, our base, when we can get them scared about these things, if we can keep uh, messaging how bad things will get, yeah. if you don't keep voting for us, that will actually put us in a really good position for the midterms. We yeah. can just talk about how, like, basically just scare our voters as, as yeah, hard as we can. because that's the only button that they've been able to press for the last 20 years. That's all they can I've do. Got, okay, here we go. I've got a winning message for the Democrats to the midterms and 2024. It's this. The Democrats, we are living in the best of all possible worlds. Yeah. Yes. There Dr. We go. Pangloss, this is the new yeah. VP. Get rid of fucking Kamala Harris. <laughs> of course, the funny thing is, is that it is, in fact, that fantasy of like an objective uh reality of of like democratic competence and and success policy success like the idea of a of a uh, upward trajectory that's the actual uh propaganda fantasy that that's the actual veil and it's actually just the people who are not like literally hypnotizing themselves every day so that they can go to fucking sleep given what they do for a living uh, can actually see, no, it's actually bad. And we don't actually have to have terribly sophisticated understandings of the issues. We don't actually have to bury ourselves into the wonk papers to see that. You do that to enchant yourself. Like fucking Ezra Klein in the New York Times saying, you guys, you just got to get less lawyerly. You just got to <laughs> stop lawyering up so much. And then maybe we'll build some tunnels. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, well, I guess my closing thoughts about this is like, you know, uh, essentially, the problem here is that, like, you know, well, like, you know, like, as, as they seem to acknowledge, like, why did people vote for Joe Biden? Why did he win? Well, it's because they were sick of Trump, and you know, like, what he said, like, nothing will fundamentally change. It was this idea that people were just tired of all the weirdness. Uh, you know, like, they, they wanted they just a wanted return to, to normalcy. They wanted to go back to normal. Here is the problem that the Democrats face, and then Biden, the midterms, the next presidential election, just just everything in general. Since Biden has become president, things have gotten weirder and weirder and weirder (laughs) it has not gotten any even one iota more normal in fact it has gotten exponentially stranger with every passing day and people just don't see a way out of that so so like to return to trump like if he runs again or the republicans like like trump's four years in the white house that looks more normal normal. people that was that's now the new normal so people will want to go back to that uh, perhaps the women wi- winning message for uh, some kind of uh, new figure on the left, uh, maybe a Democrat, maybe so- some kind of independent, is just really going, let's get weird with it. Things are already weird. Let's see how weird we can get. 
Let's get fun weird at least. Yeah, this is fun like weird. nauseous, kind of creepy weird. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, g- good luck to them. I mean, honestly, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, <laughs> just think. Uh, Let me know how it goes. I seriously think though that like, you know, so like tr- Trump, he's probably going to run again. But like, you know, who who are the Democrats going to turn to to write the ship? Like, like who's walking through that door? It ain't Kamala. It ain't uh-uh. Joe. Uh-uh. It ain't Joe. But you know, Pete you know who's Booty Know who's still out there though? Our do- our our girl Hill dog. You think she has stopped <laughs> thinking for a second that she could still be president? Like, Honestly, how, like yeah. they're, they're they're going to turn to her to save them again. Like she's gonna go I mean, for, because then third times the charm. Stand, third times the charm. She could then stand for like a time of even more normality for the older voters to think of. Like, hey, remember me before things got weird the first time. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, like if the last couple of years has proved anything. It's that like anyone who offers predictions about the future is a fool and doesn't know what they're talking about. But I just I just have a feeling that we have not seen the last of Hill Dog um, as a as a national political figure running for president or being president. Yeah, she's got that Tom Brady thing. It's like she can't she can't leave a conversation. I mean, look who is one. You know, she just has to feel like. If I could, I'm so much smarter and more driven uh, than these idiots that if I put myself to it, I could do this. But we'll see. I don't know. We shall see. But uh, yeah, just uh, the future. It's where we are all going to live. Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) Wear a helmet. All right, guys. Uh, Let's wrap it up for today's show. Um, Just hope everyone, like I said, had a great Memorial Day weekend and we'll have an even better summer. Let's go. Absolutely. All right. Cheers, everybody. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.